<laughs> cool. I don't know. The visual might help. Great. Or what? Like, what's your plan? Do you have a plan? Man, as far as that goes, it's always kind of been. I stumble into what the next endeavor is going to be. My name is Connor <laughs> Miller. I'm. Uh... <laughs> You're not going to be able to use that. My name is Connor, and. I'm here to interview Trevor. I don't know your last name or if you want to share it. Uh, Ford. Trevor Ford. Trevor Ford. Yes. We've just met. I know very little about him. <laughs> he knows I would say. <laughs> Likes fashion. From uh, yeah. Alabama. Yes. Worked for a startup. Yes. Looking to do it again. Don't know what I'm thinking, but yes. Do, yeah. Fall into success. <laughs> nice. What were you... So, What's your focus? You're interested in, you seem to be interested in a lot of things, and there overlap seems to be fashion, but also working in startups <laughs> um, The startups just happen to be kind of a byproduct. Um, I've always taken the attitude that you should work towards A, what you're passionate about, but B, what you're skillful enough in to gain from that passion. Okay. Um, was fashion at first, now it's creative work, um, photo editing, Photoshop, um, to a degree audio, um, still learning every day. The sole drive behind it is always to make people happier than they were before they met you. That's where you saw Got it. There's always a laugh in something, man. It's, yeah. Uh, so is that, is that where your passion is? In doing video work or... Photo uh, so I do Photoshop. Not, um, don't really do video work. Okay. Very much. That's more um, Jaren and Alex's kind of purview. Uh, I Photoshop was kind of a byproduct of working at Shift when I was on the social media team, okay. and they needed kind of just content for their Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. They were using recycled images and kind of other stuff, which. It's fine when you're a small Alabama company, but going national, it was just not of a high enough quality. Um, so it was kind of just a step forward into a role sort of deal. So you were describing to me that you were incredibly lucky because you were selling sneakers before. I was selling, <laughs> I sold, uh, started Bon Mar, which is a company out of Iowa, in early 2017, started selling men's shoes. Uh, then I sold children's shoes, and then for my final stint, I sold women's shoes for a year and a half, and applied for the job at Shipped through a posting I just happened to see on Indeed. Uh, spur of the moment, just lucky as hell, I was eating, shit, probably some tacos or some shit, you know? Uh, <laughs> got a call that, if we're going to be honest, at that moment in time, I probably did not deserve. Uh, fortunate moment in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's rad. And it, well, out of men's shoes, children's shoes, and women's shoes, which was the best to sell? Uh, women's shoes, because you make the most money. Oh. It's a, uh, no. Commission? <laughs> Commission. Nice. Commission. There's always, um, men will buy shoes, but only when they have to. Down in Alabama, at least. There's not as much of a fashion scene, um, as far as, like, other metropolitan areas, as far as that goes. So is, like, so women's shoes is the top. <laughs> Women's shoes is, yeah, by far, like, the highest Got it. productive for pretty much any area where fashion and appearances are not a priority for most people. Right. Yeah. 
what was the best seller in women's shoes? The best seller in women's shoes was Stuart Weitzman, um, who I've forgotten pretty much all trivia about. Price right. points like 500 to 700, just enough to make people feel like they're splurging on a shoe, but not so much that they're blowing their entire rent on a shoe. Got it. Um, and then of course there's always Nike, Adidas, right. things like that. People love the swoosh, people love the stripes, but you know how that go, man. Yeah. You know how go. Do you, uh, are you familiar with Viberg at all? Yes, Twitter. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I'm selling, primarily. Oh, so you sell the real, like, high-end Goodyear well. Yeah. Man, I never got this. I haven't had the pleasure of owning a pair of those, but one day. Bro. One day. More, more of a sneaker guy myself. Oh, right here. I, this is the shit I, right here. That's some, that's good shit. It's a tank. <laughs> uh, similar, similarly, I kind of stumbled into that job, which is kind of the best job I've had. <laughs> you were telling me before that you did coffee. You barista. You yeah. coffee. Yeah. So I was, I was a barista and this guy walks in and I told him that he was the best dressed person to ever walk into the coffee <laughs> shop. Which is really saying something. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, uh, basically I went to a shop once a week, just to ask questions and he eventually just hired me out of that. We're a three person team, uh, selling like, the best denim and boots in the world, essentially. What kind of denim do you say? Like, dope shit. Like, I'm wearing it now, my life has changed. <laughs> now let me ask you a little something. Okay, what's that? Do you pay for any of the clothes that you get from the store? At cost. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. Not bad at all. It ends up be averaging still being like 200, 350 a purchase. It hurts. But it, it does hurt, but considering that's half the price it retails for, <laughs> I am okay. <laughs> Flexing for half the cost is pretty damn good. So, do you, like, do you can plan to continue working in doing photo and social media stuff for startups? Or what, like, what's your plan? Do you have a plan? Man, as far as that goes, it's always kind of been, I stumble into what the next endeavor is going to be. Right now, uh, the foreseeable future is I'm actually joining Jared's company here in Seattle uh, called Pathware. Be doing mostly creative work for them, marketing, uh, pretty much everything the engineers are too important to handle. (laughs) (laughs) And... Getting this job was just talking to Jaren, or how did how did you get? Um, that was the main part. It's always <laughs> it's always who you know, and Jaren did the legwork of starting yeah. a company and coming out here with pretty much the clothes on his back, and generating a startup with a couple of his uh, school associates. Dope. So yeah, that's awesome. Do you feel like you are fully equipped for this job? Fully equipped, I don't think you're ever fully equipped for a position. Yeah. I think there's a baseline that you're comfortable starting with, and I would say yes there, Uh, but there's always more and more to learn because, especially with the face of startups and creative technology now, there's advancements every single week, and if you stop learning, you stagnate, and you really can't afford to do that on such a burgeoning profitable landscape um it's as much as it pains me to say it um 
it was something we said a lot at the previous startup I worked at. Uh, you have to be agile. <laughs> um, that's why all of these it's like startup culture is so gross isn't it? <laughs> I always say it with like finger quotes right. something. are you agile? <laughs> yeah. um, but there's a reason that it's a name for one of the two main programming methods when you compare it to un- uh, sorry, slipped up a bit there mm-hmm. industry giants like Microsoft and even to a degree Apple though they've kept themselves a bit more lean it's really like comparing a prop plane to a jetliner. Um, a jetliner takes a while to get going, and once it's going in a straight line, it takes miles and miles to turn around. The prop plane may take more time to cover the same area, but if there's a storm ahead and there's going to be huge trouble, the prop plane has a lot more ease adjusting. Um, and that's kind of the benefits of something like Shift, where I worked, where it was only 100 people compared to a 3,000 person company. You could communicate with everybody in the company in a single day. Um, the entire motivation and drive for the company could be adjusted, which is always a huge thing. Got it. Did it pay well? Was it lucrative, more so than shoes? I'm much better than shoes. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say relatively well for Alabama, which has a much kind of lower median income than a place like Washington or a place that was trying to emulate like San Francisco with the um, Silicon Valley. Um, But yes, especially once you move into the more kind of senior positions. Right, definitely pays better. The one thing that I'm most interested in, I think I spend a lot of time interviewing baristas. (laughs) And it's interesting to me because these are people that are often overeducated uh, and working a service level job and they're right. usually interested in doing something more creative or something that utilizes their skills a little bit better. Right. And so like breaking into uh, like a living work scene like startup yeah. seems to uh, be on everyone's mind but not a lot of people know if they can make that jump. Like, do, do you think it's for everyone or what, like, what do you think is the most appropriate working front for someone who's in a barista position and doesn't want to be? something for someone in that position, assuming they have the skill set. More and more what I see, I have friends and colleagues that either are in, were in, or currently in that position. I think I said were. Yeah, I think, yeah, you you use a lot of verbs. You know what, I like covering my bases. Um, It's always talking. It's always bemoaning the skill set that you currently possess and never actually putting it into action. Um, when I was selling shoes, I had to build the skill set in my spare time, which was a skill set some of my friends already possessed. And they were still working uh, Starbucks or elsewhere in the mall, things like that. Um, it's just getting the motivation to take that risk. Because with things like that, there's no safety net. Um, when I joined Shipped, if I was not equipped to do that job it's an aggressive company so they have no qualms about cutting somebody who's not performing to expectation Mm -hmm. and you have to know that you're going to face that risk so it's really just a massive question of having the confidence in yourself and your skill set or in your ability to learn what you need to quickly enough I think but it's the mindset of taking that job What's, what do you think are the, mo- the key skills to uh, make that jump into a like, startup job? 
The biggest one is going to be taking criticism well. Okay. Because nobody does perfect work. And if you think your first edition of anything is acceptable, you're already failing. Um, everything I ever made for Shift went through at least 10 iterations before even touching an approval process. Um, you just can't be happy with what you've done, ever. Um, but also having a careful balance of the confidence that what you're doing and the self-criticism you have is valid and believing that you have the right skill set to make something valuable. So it seems to just be a lot of mindset stuff and just it's, being able to take criticism, to learn very quickly, and to be very adaptable is like the main thing. Yeah, um, and that's more probably for the work that I do. Um, creative work like photo editing, content generation, things like that can be learned very, very quickly. I can't speak for like software engineering or programming where you do have to have a more kind of traditional four-year education to at least get going. You can learn that stuff, but it's not something you can do in a month. There's a lot more legwork to it, but I'd say the same stuff still applies once you have the foundation. Um, especially for, I don't think I ever went to visit our engineers at work and they didn't have a Google page up trying to figure out what the hell they were doing. Right. Even the best people don't have the answer to every question because most of those questions are new. They're not like a precedent. And that's kind of the benefit of a startup. You get to have new challenges every day. It's not a routine. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. There we go. I do lean. <laughs> yeah. I'm just afraid now of all this information. Uh, so like what out of what you do in work or outside of work is the exciting part for you? Would you say, what do you think are you working towards or for? What am I working for? That's a heavy one, man. Yeah, it's a big one. Because oh. I know you told me earlier that you just like want to fall into the right spot. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which is very like kind of like Taoist. <laughs> it's, a, it's a directed fall. I think. Yeah. Um, I would say in both a small scale and a large scale, doing good enough work that you're able to be happy with what you leave behind. Like it shipped, I never felt that I left anything unfinished or left pieces to be picked up. Um, and that's true of pretty much everything. Um, hobbies, relationships, things like that. You should never leave it worse than it was when it started. At least in the way I try to approach things. You can't always have that, but it's a way to stay positive. Yeah. It blows my mind to talk to so many people who are <laughs> like running their own businesses or working in small businesses. And the main, the most important thing is just to stay positive. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, it's kind of annoying <laughs> to, to hear that. Because uh, most of the people that I talk to are like, uh, creatives mainly yeah. who the 
the reason they're working as baristas is that's the only thing they're qualified to do. (laughs) And uh, a lot of them would like to be making more money doing more meaningful work. And they kind of have the skill set. And honestly, like, they keep getting the advice, like, stay positive. And it's kind of annoying. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I would say that's just the mindset you have to keep. But there's a hundred other things that you have to have and as painful as it is especially for people who like aren't very social or things like that networking is time and time again the biggest the way in yeah um you never get jobs solely off of merit not really you have to have some kind of relationship with the person or in the company or just some kind of connection prior at least for things like well-paying creative jobs um, unless you just have the stoutest of portfolios which most people in their early mid late 20s are not really going to possess since their time is not spent solely on creating that kind of thing is this the kind of creative work that you'd like to do are you doing what you want to do very much so yeah um for comparison, like working retail, it was, I enjoyed the actual, you know, fashion aspect, but dealing with the public is, as I'm sure you know, most of the time just not enjoyable. And you find yourself leaving every day wondering what more you could be doing. And with creative work, you get to see something start as a blank canvas and take an effect 100% what is the product. And there's something pleasing about being the sole push behind something from beginning to finish. Yeah. You say it was just luck, you think, getting this job. Do you think that's completely true? I would say, uh, as far as joining Pathware, up here in Seattle, it was more the networking aspect and being fortunate enough to know Jaren from our history. Um, But as far as the skill set and everything else, that's legwork. Um, You don't just wake up one day and have, like, video editing skills or photo editing or things like that it's really hundreds of hours of just sitting there with a macbook overclocking and the fans whirring as you try to finish something um but once you have that foundation a lot of it is unfortunate as it is luck yeah um position opens up or you just accept another position and one you would enjoy so much more becomes available but you've already signed a year contract or something of that sort um you just have to be fortunate yeah it's like the way you describe it it just sounds very easy (laughs) (laughs) man i wish it was um no i got so lucky joining shift because now uh you can't get a creative position there once a company becomes that established pretty much all those positions are filled and you're going to have openings for uh, customer support or things of that level mm-hmm. nothing really fulfilling as much tell me about your Yeezys man <laughs> I ordered these three months ago from Yeezy Supply um, first pair first pair of Yeezys best shoes yeah worth a three month wait gotta tell you I know nothing about this except that Kanye is involved. <laughs> um, and that this is like his, it's his child, essentially. Yeah, right? yeah. So he started off with Nike 
in 2016 and then turned to Adidas after, unsurprisingly, a public Twitter rant. Um, and then they released the 350s, 500s, 700s, and like a number of other shoes. And they're always, uh, the biggest aspect is marketing their height, limited release, uh, but quality shoes as well. Yeah. So are you here for the hype? Is this like what? Why are you here for these? Man, man, it pains me to say it, but yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent behind the hype on these. Because um, if I want it, if you want like an exact grade, you can just go pick up a pair of Ultra Boost at like any Foot Locker or something. Cool. One hundred percent name recognition on something like these. So do people notice? Do people go, "Yo, are those are those the ones?" Uh, a few. Yeah. A few. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not as many as you're hoping when the deposit comes out of your account. Yeah. Yeah. Shoes are crazy because shoes are a big status thing. Yeah, and it's always like the people who are going to notice really don't care that much. But and they, it's like a nod. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's a Yeah. Uh, in just like selling Vibrate, which is like one of the hardest, like they're very hard to get. Yeah. Because um, they're all still hand produced, right? Yeah, they are the handmade. Well. Yeah. Uh, I'm also making sure that I am like, as a, I represent my company, I'm giving you what information I can, can. (laughs) but they're really hard to find and they are kind of status, status symbols. Right. Uh, and people who are into boots are really into boots. Absurdly so I noticed. (laughs) Like... It's kind of the same fanaticism that goes into collecting Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I use Yu-Gi-Oh cards because I was into that. Or magic, whatever the fuck floats your boat. Any kind of singular obsession. Everybody's got their thing. Right. How much did these run you? Not that. Uh, 220. These? Yes. Okay. That's that's why I enjoy sneaker collecting more so than, like, the boots. Uh Uh-huh. Just because, unless you're paying resale for something, which... For a resale pair of these, you're looking at like only a thousand or so, but just for a retail pair of like Vibrex, like you're wearing, mm-hmm. what is it like seven fifty? Yeah. To start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always been more of a quantity guy. Yeah. <laughs> so is they retail at two twenty? Retail at two twenty, and then what they do is they do scheduled drops. Um, so you can either enter in store raffles or through a website, and you just have to be lucky enough to even get the opportunity. <laughs> to right. purchase them and that's what makes them so like I don't know <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> oh <Dude>. my god <laughs> I got him <laughs> yeah it's it's a elation kind of thing right you see that guess what guess what boy you get to buy these and your endorphins just go <laughs> wow that's the happiest I've been in 12 years that's really something do you have a collection these are my first ones Okay, but do yeah, you have a collection have, of sneakers? Yes. Okay. Um, a lot of more basketball kind of shoes. Uh, more Adidas than anything. A couple Jordans, a couple Kyries. Uh, just really, these are the first like high ones. Everything up until now, it's just been what you walking like. through Foot Locker and going, I like those. Yeah, man, those look pretty good, I'll tell you. <laughs> There's a lot of overlap with like sneaker culture and hip hop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially... For, Tremendous. Yeah. Have you been to Likelihood? I have not. I haven't gotten a chance. 
we've only been up here for a few days. Yeah. Kind of seeing more of the more touristy parts. So I'll probably hit more of the shopping and retail stuff right. when I'm up here. Like, either next visitor permanent. Because that's, like, they're the sneaker. Yeah, I've, man, I've heard that there's, like, a hundred consignment shops within six blocks of us right now. Yeah. It's all just hype shit. It's pretty dope. And I think what is just... It's just kind of weird, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's shoes. <laughs> People just like to latch on to stuff. Because you don't collect hoodies. No, no, yeah. Um... You know, I, I used to think about that when I was working retail a lot. I really do think it's just because just durability. Like, shirts and stuff are so much easier to rip and mm-hmm. ruin, whereas shoes at least... Can be an artifact. Yeah, yeah. Can be maintained. Have you heard of uh, Deadstock Coffee? Mm, I'm not. It's in Portland, Oregon. Ooh. And it's a coffee shop, but also a sneaker museum. <laughs> And the, the guy who owns it basically sells coffee, but he also displays his personal collection of oh limited edition God. sneakers inside of the shop. <laughs> who the hell had that idea? I know. It's, and it's very niche, and I'm always there, because I'm like, this is, this is my vibe. Man. So I guess the reason I'm asking you this is because you're clearly into this. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, like, I want, is this something you're going to continue collecting, or is it, does it end with the Yeezys? So that's kind of, this is really the first opportunity I've had to really do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because up until now, I've always worked a job that had at least some sort of dress code. Um, Like when I worked retail, it was suits, tie, dress shoes. Um, And even shipped had semi-dress code kind of stuff. But now that I've got the opportunity, yeah, it's probably going to be a very deficient to my wallet hobby. Got it. So, like, work, hustle at the startup, buy a shitload of shoes, happy as a clam. Hopefully. But yeah, is that the... <laughs> <laughs> Waiting on the happy part. Hey, we're right. going to see. see. That's pretty great. I, uh, I feel like I should tell you about my pants. I would like to hear about them. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I don't know too much about them. <laughs> but... They got like this camo needle punch on the inside. It's from a company called Nine Lives. I've heard You've of heard of Nine Lives? About them now. They're super cool. Are they? <laughs> they uh, they basically take heritage production of fabrics, materials, a lot of handmade stuff, right? And take old school fabrics and put them on really modern designs. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's they call themselves like the pirates of production. And their slogan, their official slogan is Zen as fuck. <laughs> so I guess that means like just by necessity everything they make is limited, right? Yes. Everything is by nature limited. So my shop collaborated to make these cargo pants with them. And they sent us a sample and we're like, yeah, these are great. They never made the run. But we have the sample and this is them. <laughs> so those pants don't exist anywhere else. <laughs> Yeah. So you, you showed me these pants that I now want. <laughs> that that you tell me. Right, and the limited quantity is nuts. I, yeah. <laughs> Just dangle and take away. That's that's the hype, man. Why you gotta do like that? <laughs> Why you gotta do me like that? So would you ever work in fashion again? If I ever had the opportunity to do it in a 
creative role. Um, working at one of the major fashion houses, um, preferably somewhere in Europe, on advertising. Uh, but that would be pretty far off in the future. Because yeah. those are international campaigns that you have to have decades of experience to even be considered for. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't even imagine. Like, I feel like fashion's kind of averse to startup culture too. Uh, yeah. At least for the more established ones, I would say like things like the Nine Lives mm-hmm. are probably the equivalent of fashion startups. Right. You've always got the ones like, oh man, the worst ones are scrolling through Instagram, and it's always the watch advertisements. You know the ones. Oh about, yeah. It's like. Yo, man, we skipped the middleman, so you can get this hundred dollar watch for a hundred dollars. And it's like from fucking it's, China. It's literally just the same watch that you buy in Target, and they marked it up, and then said, "Ah, this is a five hundred dollar watch, man. Trust me, trust yeah. me." Yeah. Uh, you listen to Reply All at all? Mm, or you heard of this? I don't think I've heard of it. Okay, actually. basically, it's just a whole phenomenon of people who sell shit through Instagram that you would <laughs> it would get through Target, but mark it up at oh. a tremendous amount. And so people are, like, trying to buy this $200 watch, and it's the Target watch. And it's all, it's all marketing. eBay and, resellers that move to the new platform. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I can see why that wouldn't work. <laughs> That's always... Well, I guess not always, because it's super recent, but the fact that there are economies and income generation that exists solely because of Instagram... Um, yes. We were having a discussion on the way over here about that, how there are people that essentially get paid to travel, take pictures, and post on Instagram. Do you think these people are also just lucky? <laughs> I think a lot of that is good timing and very lucky early adoption of a platform that happened to go off. Because it very easily could have been... Oh, I got on Google Plus early. <laughs> but these people established a presence on Instagram, were active, put out consistent quality content, and got approached by companies for influencer marketing. I was on track to do that for Vine. Yeah. I felt like I was going to blow up. <laughs> I was ready. And then they took it away. Just yanked it out from my like It felt like losing my 401k. Like, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> The good news is I think they're remaking it. I follow it closely because like, <laughs> uh, there are days uh, like I'll be sad, you know, and, uh, you know, staring out the window and my girlfriend's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I miss mine. Like, I don't. <laughs> so is this, is this your equivalent of the um, day trader that lost his entire early fortune? And it's just time, I guess, because the amount of time you spend on Vine is yeah. astronomical. But when like, a new one comes out, you're going to trade on margin and remake your empire. <laughs> Coming with focused effort. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Yeah. Give me money. <laughs> uh, as far as people who are running businesses on Instagram, do you think it's just saturated and it's impossible to do it now? You would just have to embrace a new platform? Oh, man. I think it's much, much harder to break into that market. And the key in the past was to be consistent and timely with content and it's moving more and more towards quality um, instead of posting a a good comparison would be like YouTube where for a year or so there the best revenue model was daily 
video logs. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've changed it again. So the best format is long form video. I've noticed that yeah. shift. Yeah. And that's recent. It it's seems. super recent, yeah. Uh, why do you think long form video? Like, I have a theory that, th- like, full disclosure, we have access to people who make <laughs> these long form videos. Yeah. Uh, both, like, Jordan and Cheyenne, yeah. who are basically making 30 minute long videos where you just draw with them. Yeah. And it fills the need for, like, just friendship, or I, I, I would imagine. That's the service you're providing. Yeah, I think that's the same reason um, things like Twitch took off, which is no different than watching television. It's just interactive. And I think that interactivity is a huge thing. Um, like this past two years, tutorial videos just absolutely rocketed. Every time you look at the trending, it's how to make a paper rocket ship. I'm not Elon Musk. I don't understand. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but I under, that's what people are Googling. Yeah, that's what yeah. people want to watch. And that's what I'm watching as well. Yeah. Um, actually useful things. So keeping that in mind, so this is one emerging front, like long-form YouTube, which is probably already established. What do you think are the frontiers of like social media? As far as like what's going to be the burgeoning platform, yeah, I don't think the next one has really reared its head yet. Um, Twitter for a while there kind of looked like it was, but they've had so much trouble monetizing and all the political strife that I think their window has closed on being a profitable medium. Um, right now, it is solely Instagram and optimizing it. Um, yeah, they've added the option now where you can actually purchase things through Instagram stories. I've seen that. So you see all these uh, people putting out fast fashion lines with either like actual fashion houses or just logo printing stuff, things like that, and they're generating it like that instead of ad revenue. Um, it's just whatever way is the most reason, and who can jump on it first. For like solo ventures, yeah. so one for people who want to run their own businesses and be in control and saying kind of have their own schedule, who are doing shit through Instagram, what do you think is the best method or platform to go about that? Currently, yeah, I don't think there is a good coverall answer for that. Mm-hmm. I think it would depend on where your interests and skills lay. Um, if you are someone who has a very interactive personality and can go for eight hours at a time. Um, Interacting with people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say Twitch is a super profitable platform. People make six figures a month. Off Twitch? Off Twitch, yeah. With just like live streaming their gameplay? People live stream uh, video games. People live stream talk shows now through Twitch. Um, I think think NBC even actually did some of the Olympics through Twitch this year. That's incredible. Yeah, it's just new media making its way into a mainstream. Because Twitch has been a thing for... But it's finding it's, it, it definitely is having its moment now. Yeah, yeah. And I Which is, I'm thrilled now. I feel the oh. adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta jump on it. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Just because uh, there are like a lot of factors going for it. For example, declining viewership of uh, football. Yes. And higher for video game play. Yeah. And also higher participation. Yeah. 
People just getting bored of traditional. Uh, Discord. Do you use Discord at all? Yes. What do you think about as far as that as a terrain? Um, I just heard about this a month ago. Man, I think it's a very interesting supplementary software. Uh, people that form an already existing community, like uh, businesses or Twitch streamers or Instagram users, can have private Discord channels. And all it does is help foster more of a community around you and just grow your popularity, um, which is always a huge thing. Because I think more and more we're seeing it move towards long-term, to back up a bit, uh, Patreon. I was just about to ask. Yeah, uh, yeah, people relying more on loyalty of the content than initial views. Um, especially with like drawing on my experience at Shipped, when I first started, we would see 45-50% of our views and click-throughs were initial organic, um, which is people seeing it for the first time and clicking through to either view more information, purchase the product, things like that. Um, but as I was leaving, it was hovering around like 12%, um, which means we, but the actual like, total numbers weren't down at all, which just means it was more and more people returning to see what was going on, which is probably not as profitable in the short run, but more sustainable in the long run. So in relation to Patreon, you're saying that people... Oh, yeah. I forgot to connect that. Uh, so that is around like the same thing as Discord and things like that. You're focusing more on this kind of long-term community. So you've got people that will donate money to you every month so that you can continue to generate this income without worrying about changing trends. So you find your niche for content. People like it, they'll support you like that, and then you've got a solid base instead of worrying about, oh, this video didn't do well, uh, I don't get a check this month, something like that. Uh, it's just long-term thinking. It seems thrilling, but also kind of a shit show. <laughs> I think it can all, at least the past six months or so, can be traced back to, uh, there was a moment where YouTube changed their ad revenue, as we mentioned previously, and people whose sole income was generated from YouTube saw a huge dip in their earnings, profit, things like that. Um, I don't know the details of exactly how that changed or worked, uh, but I just know you couldn't make nearly as much money as you were making previously. So I think that's why there was such a change to uh, both Twitch, Patreon, things like that. What platform are you on the most? Ooh. Uh, probably Instagram and Twitter. Pretty yeah. even. Yep. Um, Facebook is... Uh, pretty Facebook even. is bad. It's bad. It's bad, man. I, think, I don't think it'll die because it's so ingrained now, especially for like... It's a phone book. It, exactly. Yeah. Um, my family's on Facebook, but not Instagram or Twitter. Right. So I'll keep a Facebook. I know I, like, it took Herculean effort and I got my dad onto Instagram recently, which maybe well, might be the nail in the coffin for that. <laughs> Just to be like, fuck. <laughs> I think that if he's using it, we're definitely looking at new terrain. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, it's like a Facebook beater writing a bunch and purchased Instagram two years ago, I think. So it's no loss to them. Right. I don't think they give to hoots about whether their main platform dies at this point. So, to like kind of conclude for creative 
folk embrace a new platform is just the best way if you're just always pushing early, early adoption is yeah. you're the highest potential for gain yeah um, you can make the absolute best content on the planet but if it's already saturated and nobody who already has any kind of influence notices you you're not going to gain anything at all um, it's timing what would you say like in my sphere I'm working with uh, 40 year old plus uh, men yeah. typically uh, who are almost always technology averse <laughs> and they are That's a very generous way of putting yeah, it and they are very uh, strongly of the opinion that it does no good for anyone yeah I, and I have trouble coming back at such a staunch <laughs> viewpoint uh, because for me it's like super exciting and I feel like there's so much potential uh, but I think my boss is like yeah but have you made any money like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like how what do you think about the relationship between baby boomers and technology like are we just leaving them to do whatever <laughs> the fuck they want um, my argument in that situation was always finding the most established company I could that had a social media presence and showing them that if this company that's been around for 200 years has adopted the platform, it's probably pretty important. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason for you not to be, especially when you start discussing just hard numbers of adopters. Like Facebook has over a billion people on its platform now. Um, there's just no excuse not to be somewhat connected. Um, and you can always not be, but it's just too easy to get it set up and there's too many benefits to having To one. not, yeah. as far as just like visibility. Yeah, because um, you'll connect with people that otherwise you never would have even known existed. Like uh, Alex here does a lot of landscape photography, travel photography, and connected with a company that reached out to him did they post one of your photos or yeah. give, give him like shout out, which if they have 40,000 followers is just an exponential growth to Alex's outreach. Right. And it only takes one of them who might also have a huge outreach. Um, there's just too many possibilities for connections and growth through social media to really excuse not, not participating. It. Yeah. I want to ask a final question. I think. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're nearing the... Been here longer than I expected. <laughs> but that's great. I was like, 30, 45 minutes. Let's do it. Um, what do you think is the most interesting uh, frontier as far as potential job opportunities? Like, what's the most rapidly growing front that will require kind of the most creative effort? Man, you've been saving now. That's a doozy. It, it is a doozy. And it just comes from me, like, constantly reading Wired and also wanting to be on uh, just something very interesting. Yeah. It could be just fueled by greed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be some form of visual content. But I don't think it'll be video. I want to say... I think the most rapidly growing thing is probably going to be 
once large companies start taking advantage of this Instagram e-commerce option, and it's basically just going to be a whole new organic sales method um, for people that otherwise would not have even visited your website but are on Instagram. Because um, I think, I was reading an article this morning, e-commerce crossed like $500 billion for the U.S. last year, and Instagram hits hundreds of millions of people. So I'd probably say, at least currently, the most rapidly growing thing is probably going to be Instagram e-commerce, would be my personal guess. Yeah, as far as pe- needing people who can learn how to operate in that new terrain. Yeah, because it was a completely just out-of-the-blue feature they added. Um, so especially fashion companies are going to yeah. take just... That's exactly what that's for. Amazing. Um, that and like technology. Personal guess could be way off. Yeah. I, humans are the worst at predicting the future. Awful. Yeah. Hate them. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for meeting with me. I, I got some, some fashion in, some te- technology in, and just some general stuff about startups that we probably already know. <laughs> it was pretty good, man. Good. Pleasure. Yeah. Glad we can make it work. We're good. That was a very good discussion. Yeah. I'm glad. All right. Oh, okay. Sure.